everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching In Depth on Now You Know. Sponsored by our friends at A Better Root Planner. You know, Bo is out there working his butt off every day to make sure that you can find your way home in your EV and type in waypoints. So if you want to pick something up on the way. Yep. And it works. Seven million times it's worked. And we're brought to you by Ecoware.us, where you can get new designs every week. I'm wearing an old one. You're wearing a new one. Yes. But, I mean, if you've never seen these before, they're they're all they're new. new to you. So head over to ecoware.us where you're going to find new designs every week. They're all carbon offset, and we plant a tree for every purchase. And, you know, we're up to 300 trees planted. I'm feeling pretty pumped. Yeah. All right, let's get into this, Jesse. This is a conspiracy, folks. Oh, boy. Gather in. Conspiracy theory. Turn the volume down low. What's the, what are we talking about? We're talking about Jack Rickard, um, and he wrote a blog post called The Tesla Conspiracy or am I a dead whistleblower? So, who is Jack Rickard? Well, Jack Rickard owns and operates EVTV Motorworks. Uh, and fun fact here, you can watch what's going on in his workshop on his live webcams. Check this out. It's happening hmm. right now. Okay. He has been building and converting EVs for decades. And as he puts it, we basically got out of converting EVs before we got to the early adopter stage. Basically, he was in this so long ago, doing it before anyone even knew what he was doing. Practically. Right. He's probably forgotten more about solar PV, batteries, electric motors, and car conversions than most people will ever know. So when he discusses a subject pertaining to EVs, I usually try and watch it and learn. Um, so he has a YouTube channel. And although the shots are usually long and long-winded, they are highly informative and packed with info so this is a guy who really knows what he's talking about he's been making electric cars for years before you could buy an electric car he was converting yeah. electric cars so so that people could enjoy an electric version of of their favorite ice cars exactly and we're going to go through some of the highlights of his letter here on in depth and we recommend that you read his whole letter so the link is down below so jack starts it off with in the case of tesla the car and the company if you eliminate all other possible causes, what remains is the answer. And I have the increasingly uncomfortable feeling that not all is right with the world. All right, so what is this conspiracy about? Okay, so Jack starts off by stating some of the facts that you've probably heard on this channel many times before. The Model 3 won Detroit News Magazine's 2018 Car of the Year Award. It was also named Car of the Year by Popular Mechanics. March 2018 Automotive Excellence Awards, uh, Auto Express Car of the Year 2019, uh, Automobile Magazine 2018 Design of the Year, uh, the Tesla Model 3 over and over again. And then, you know, of course, 2013, rather shockingly named the Tesla Model S Car of the Year in Motor Trend um, with the astonishing admission that since 1949, there was never a car like this. Wow. And then as we've been talking about on the show, Motor Trend named the 2013 Tesla Model S as the ultimate car of the year, the top car of the year in seven decades of publication, naming a car of the year every year. And Jack talks about this fact, because in and of itself, this is incredible, because Motor Trend is paid for by advertising, and Tesla has never spent a dime on advertising. Right. So this alone is pretty astounding. Yeah. So 
that's part of the setup, right? That Tesla's cars are amazing. And he continues with the setup that Tesla's are the safest cars. And he talks about how recently, as we reported, uh, NHTSA's latest cease and desist letter that we talked about in the last show is some sort of governmental attempt to limit what you can say about a publicly funded and governmentally administered test. And I mean, that's exactly what we were saying in Tesla Time News is that Tesla is just trying to report on what NHTSA tested. They're not making any false claims about what NHTSA tested. They're simply telling the world what NHTSA tested. Um, and NHTSA's like, don't say that. Jack goes on to say, so my claim is that Tesla makes the best automotive vehicle on the planet, barring none, in all respects, including safety. It is just the best car ever built. And I would challenge anyone to demonstrate, even partially, that this is not so. I, I mean, there are very, very few, if any, flaws with the Model 3. So then Jack goes on, EVTV has largely ceased to convert ICE cars to electric drive, which was long ago our only reason for life. And Tesla was largely the reason. The Model 3 at $40,000 is a better car than I can do at $40,000. So he, his whole life, and, and everyone who worked at EVTV was to convert ICE cars to electrics. And basically he has stopped doing that because it now is cheaper to buy a new brand new electric car than it is to convert an ice car where you already have a car right and all you have to do is put motor and batteries in it right it's cheaper to just buy a brand new and fantastically amazing uh brand new ev than it is to convert so jack goes on worse it is kind of a one-sided launch. We covered the news of lots of different electric cars and most notably hundreds of VW press releases that never were actually cars. And the conclusion was that it just doesn't matter. Porsche and BMW were the only ones that had the right stuff to compete with Tesla, and they didn't. All else didn't matter and couldn't matter. And yes, Porsche's Taycan will launch this September 4th and they are going to sell 30,000 or 40,000 of them and they still won't matter. Tesla just owns it. And at this point, the moats of its battery technology and costing, its supercharger network, its online sales model, the over-the-air software updates, and much, much more put it so far out ahead that the other manufacturers are still announcing the coming Tesla killer aimed at the 2013 Tesla Model S. Problem, it is 2019. I don't even know how to put this any better than, than how Jack says it. So yeah. I, I think I'll just let him speak for himself. That's fantastic, yeah. He goes on. I'm at the point where if you don't have a Tesla logo on your car, you're not electric and don't matter. To the point that we are working furiously on things like an OBD2 port adapter for the Model 3 or reverse engineering Tesla batteries, not EV batteries, Tesla batteries for solar energy storage. I have a half-finished Cadillac Escalade conversion hanging in the air on a lift where it has hung for a year. But the blue sky for Tesla is essentially unlimited. They can sell all they make and make all they sell, starting at 360,000 units and topping out at 78 million. They are 0.46% of a $2.3 trillion market, and they appear, to my biased eye, to already own all of it. So what he's saying there with the 78 million uh, cars that they could sell is basically uh, the car market on on earth um because essentially the way he sees it and to a larger extent the way i see it there's pr pretty much no reason to buy any other 
car. Right. Their closest competition hasn't even gotten up to a car that they made six years ago. Right. And no car that we've seen that you can buy today is pretty much anywhere close in terms of what the Model 3 can do. Right. So he goes on to say, if somebody doesn't do something pretty quickly in the future, all automobiles will be Teslas. Hyperbole? I grow weak in the knees publicly repeating a prediction I have quietly been making for years. It is so unbelievable. All I can harvest from it now is ridicule. But you are not going to believe the big names and huge corporations that face unavoidable and absolute bankruptcy and dismemberment in the very near future. No government can save them. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of jobs lost. Economic disruption and dislocation of unparalleled proportions. Office furniture available for six cents on the dollar. Not reorganization, but like Eastman Kodak, Sears, Kmart. Companies that could not fail and are already gone. Picture GM, VW, Daimler. The biggest, the best. I think that, you know, this is the kind of stuff that we've been talking about on this show. If, if you've been watching the show a really long time, you, it, a lot of these talking points seem awfully similar. How these big companies that seem just so insurmountable, so solidified, so impossible to go away really do not have in any way, in any tangible way, any sort of competition to what Tesla is putting out. Well, the other thing is these big companies are really good at one thing, which is telling you that they're really good companies. That They never show a sign of weakness. And they never come out and the CEO is like, God, I don't know what to do with the company this right. year. They don't do that. So when they do come out, you're like, wow, they seem so confident. Right. And so you're like, I guess they're going to succeed. They've got a plan. Look at history. That's not what happened. Right. So Jack continues. Let's take a look at the oil business. Currently, we are at 100 million barrels of oil used each day worldwide. 20 million here in the U.S. at $55 per barrel. That's about $5.5 billion per day. That's another $2 trillion world market business. As the percentage of all automobiles that are electric grows, the demand for oil will diminish. Fully 50% of all oil goes to road transport. That is $2.75 billion per day. And for every day that future is delayed is another $2.75 billion. It would be a $2.75 billion win if the adoption of the electric car could be forestalled for one day. The incremental growth of the automotive market is, as I stated, inevitable and unstoppable. But for every day it is delayed, there are billions of dollars at stake. Literally, the clock is running at $1.9 million per minute on just that part of oil used by automobiles. And I think that we're getting pretty close to the conspiracy. This is getting to the heart of the argument. And what I love is that he's laying out a really important thing that we allude to on the show a lot, but he's giving some really hard numbers here, which is that if you're in the oil business, and you're like, okay, so every day we can slow down Tesla is 2.75 billion, then you begin to see the scale with which 
they will want to slow it down. Right. And the funny thing is, is that there's no stopping it anymore. There's no stopping it at this point, right? The cat is out of the bag. All of us, anyone who's ever been inside a Tesla knows exactly why it is the best car on earth and why I would never switch back to oil. It, you know, even if I didn't really care about the planet or the environment, uh, because there are many of you who have messaged us directly and said, I don't care about the planet or the environment, but I love Tesla because it's the best freaking car in the world. Right. The cat is completely out of the bag. There is no going back right. to no, oil. That's a great point. We're not just driving these cars because we're hippies and tree huggers. You can take that out of the equation if you want to, and you right. still win the argument. All right, let's go on to what he says next. Mm-hmm. Texaco bought the entire Ovonics nickel metal hydride battery business from General Motors with the patents, of course. They allowed this battery chemistry for camera and laptop batteries, but specifically refused to license it to anyone in larger sizes suitable for electric cars. And that continued until the patents ran out. By then, it didn't matter. The lithium battery was ascendant, but it absolutely delayed the development of electric vehicles by many years. Stanford Ovishinsky inventor of this nickel metal hydride battery, died in 2012 at the age of 89, still deeply embittered by what General Motors in Texaco, later acquired by Chevron, had done to his baby. Its greatest potential use, and the use that Ovashinsky specifically developed it for, was never realized. They simply bought it and shelved it. Does that make sense? To spend hundreds of millions of dollars to acquire a promising technology and then shelve it and not worry at all about selling any products from it? Just park it? Hold that thought. So this is really where it's like oil has been dampening the electric car. It has been preventing its rise uh, throughout history. And that's one just small example of where oil basically was like, oh, uh, it looks like you have some patents for an electric car using some new battery technology. Um, We will pay you basically any amount of money to acquire that and to then not use it for electric cars. And you can see how excited Ovashinsky would have been when he made the patent Mm -hmm. and had all these interested buyers and is like, yes, it's going to get involved in the automotive industry. uh, You know, GM will use it. And and, and GM will make an electric car, of course. And can you imagine his phone calls? Uh, Hello, GM. It's been a year. And uh, just wondering how you're doing with the new nickel metal hydride battery I made. Right. Oh. Hello? Hello? You sold it? You sold it to an oil company. He must have been so confused for a few days where, right. gee, I guess maybe Texaco is going to make a electric car? No, he did, he knew. He knew. Yeah. He knew that that wasn't going to happen. And and that, I think we are starting, this is, this is, I think we don't even need to say anything else. And you can probably put the puzzle pieces together. But let's continue here. So Jack goes on. Shorts don't behave this way. They sell high, buy low, and pocket the difference. That is, if they're in it to make money. These shorts keep doubling down and they increase their sales as Tesla succeeds. At this point, you have a company that is growing its production at an exponential rate, growing its revenues at an exponential rate, has the best product in the entire market with unlimited demand in a market it owns outright just 0.46% of. It is the ultimate growth stock in the ultimate market with unlimited blue sky room to grow. Oh, and did I mention they can raise any amount of money they like at any time on three days notice. Their last three calls for capital have taken less than a week and were oversubscribed in all cases. They raised more money than they asked for. So 
We have exponential growth into an unlimited market with unlimited capital ready and waiting to invest. What kind of moron bets against that? Well, the concept of them being a moron implies the assumption they are trying to make money in the first place. What if they had no desire to make money? So keep in mind the the over $2 billion a day of, of oil revenue, and then think about this company, Tesla, that's basically ready to just explode with the best, I mean, it's the best product on the market in right. terms of EVs, all of these things here. And why, why are the shorts shorting it so much? We already talked about the, the billions of dollars every day that oil is making from its oil business. And yep. they know that every day that they can delay Tesla is literally billions of billions and billions of dollars. Right. And so it seems like the shorts are specifically targeting Tesla right. to lower the value of the stock, to make it harder for them to compete. Right. And don't we have like some kind of government body that would make sure that this sort of thing wouldn't happen? We do. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's called great. the Securities and Exchange Commission. But as Jack says, but the SEC can be bought, apparently. And while they investigate, fulminate, and litigate Musk's tweeting style, what starts to look like the largest stock manipulation in the history of the United States of America is going on as we speak. Is it possible they don't know about it? In a word, no. It is not possible that a stock swindle of this proportion could be going on without the express and direct participation of the Securities and Exchange Commission charged by law with preventing it. Absolute corruption corrupts absolutely, to misquote a phrase. This level of stock manipulation coupled with a funded and directed disinformation campaign could conceivably drive Tesla to failure. And at $5.5 billion per day, simply delaying the inevitable is very profitable on a total expense of $10 billion. The payback period on that is less than two days. Because basically to short Tesla this much only costs $10 billion, right. which for oil is nothing. It's more money than you can even think of. And yet it's enough to just be like, yeah, heck, short it. Yeah. Short it as much as we can. Exactly. And that's the scary thing. This is like, this is the conspiracy here. They're trying to prevent Tesla from succeeding. They're trying to push Tesla into failure just through these means and not because of some problem with like, you know, mar the markets. It's not like it's not like the market doesn't like Tesla. Right. It's not like they could put $10 billion into making a better car. That's not their what they're trying to do. They're trying to get more oil out of the ground. So right. they have to just misdirect. They have to somehow get this to slow down so they get more oil out of the ground. Right. So Jack goes on. I still see articles explaining why batteries feature more emissions than gasoline cars, all funded by industry groups and advocacies that one-off, two-off, or sometimes three-off lead directly to oil companies. So Paid-for disinformation campaigns are an absolutely established mode of operation for these companies. Why would they hesitate at stock manipulation to foster fear, uncertainty, and doubt? And who in the auto industry would call them out on it? GM and Texaco conspired. There were no questions or unforeseens. It was a conspiracy to defeat the concept of electric cars. So as he's pointing out, this is exactly something that happened in recent history. It's happening again. Right. And, you know, for all the people who are just like, oh, I don't think that that would, like, happen. It's like, no, like, it, it would. 
you wish it wouldn't happen. Right. That's what you're trying to say. When you say it wouldn't happen, you're you're thinking, what kind of world do we live in where this could happen? So I'm going to wish that it doesn't happen. Right. And it's sad, but it is happening. And that's a lot of money. And when you get that much money, lots of things happen that you wish wouldn't happen, mm -hmm. unfortunately. And if you study history, you'll see that it happens over and over and over again. It's just happening now, and it's not history, it's actual now. Mm. So it's hard for you to realize like, oh, are we in history right now? <laughs> yes, we are. To wrap up, Jack says the following. $4.3 trillion combined annual market between autos and oil. A puny $10 billion in expense, not investment. And a 32% short interest suddenly makes all the sense in the world. It looks like the oil companies and automakers have no possibility of losing this one. In reality, they have no way to win it. One man has them totally surrounded, outnumbered, and outgunned. Elon Musk. And uh, I think that that's the perfect wrap-up. I mean, it's, it's really true. You have this one guy. And I know, I don't want to make it sound like it's just him. You have everyone working at Tesla, and they are, they are working their butts off. Yeah. I'm not going to. So you have Tesla, basically, completely changing an industry, completely disrupting it. Okay? And we are just seeing the, the very beginning of it. But it is so clear. It is so absolutely and unquestionably clear that this is the direction that the, that the auto industry has to move in at this point. There is... You know, as more and more people see the Model 3, and that's the only thing really stopping it, is exposure. So many people have absolutely no idea what Tesla is, who it is, and if they have heard about it, they've heard just enough FUD to make them think, I don't want this. I'm going to continue living my life the way that I've been living it. I'm going to keep going to the gas station, and I'm going to keep getting oil changes, and I'm going to keep, you know, having to pay extra money because they have to remove the, the, the water pump for whatever reason to fix the timing belt. That's a really good point. We bumped into a guy the other day when we are shooting something who said, hey, is that one of those new Teslas? I heard they're really confusing and hard to drive. And it was like, Where'd you hear that right. from? It's the most simplest <laughs> car to drive right. in the world. You don't. You sit in it, you press the brake, you put it in drive, and you drive it. This guy then proceeded to get into a car, which if it were in the wrong gear and he started it, it would just start flying backwards. Right. Like, that. that's just a thing that could happen in his car. It can't happen in mine. I can pull up somewhere in my car. Forget to hit park. Forget to put it in park. I can hop out of the car. The car will automatically know to put it in park right it won't roll away it won't pin me against a wall until i die it no. won't do any of that i can leave it in my house i could drive it into the living room and play a game on it because i can do that and everyone in my house won't die from carbon monoxide poisoning the opposite is not true of the car that the man just got into and drove away with right. it's the simplest car in the world and you might be thinking to yourself right now well the car companies must watch your show, Zach and Jesse, and know that it's over for them. So why are they even still doing the shorting of the stock? But here's the thing. As Jack pointed out, Tesla has 0.46% of the market. And to get to a tipping point in most markets, you have to get to about 2.5%. So from their perspective, they're looking at this going, all right, we're still okay, folks. It's uh, halftime. And we've kept the other team to quite a limited number of points. Uh, if we can just go back in there in the second half of this game... We can pull this out. That's what they're hoping for. They're hoping we don't get to the tipping point where it becomes a household thing where everyone just buys an EV. So here's where you guys come in. Mm -hmm. 
We can make this happen. We're so close. All we need to do now is get butts in seats, spread the word. We need to make sure that message gets spread because there's so much FUD out there. There's so much misinformation that people aren't allowing themselves to even experience EVs. Right. The people we bump into have so much FUD in their head, they're just like, I don't even think I want to get in this thing. It's like they're from a different planet. It's really, it's like you've encountered someone from the Spanish Inquisition. As soon as you bring up this electric car thing, people are put off. Right. And it's and it's sad because it would be really great to have people excited about it. And there are some people who can get very excited about it very quickly. And those people, by and large, are young people and extremely open-minded people just no, that's around a, the world. That's a great point. If you're having trouble with your friend or family group, find the eight-year-olds in the group and have them check out the car because they will then be, they'll get it immediately. And right. then, of course, they won't test drive it with you, but they'll ride with you. And then they will spread that enthusiasm with everyone around them because they get it immediately. Right. And you don't have to unbrainwash them right. about all of the things that you do have to brainwash people about an internal combustion engine car. Right. There is so much brainwashing that happens throughout your entire life from, from a kid going vroom, 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 right? All the way up until the point where it's like, yep, and you have to make sure to check the oil and to check the fluids and take it in for maintenance. I heard a story the other day about a young girl who was driving with someone in an internal combustion engine car, and she had only driven in EVs before. And when this internal combustion engine car was shifting into a higher gear and making sounds, she turned to the driver and said, oh, my God, is there something wrong with your car? That's what we need. Right. We need that to become the new reality, where if you hear something like that in a car, you're like, there's something wrong. And there was a period of time where we had just gone on our road trip in the Tesla Model X, and we came home, and I had a Subaru Forester, and I started it up, and it, it had been a couple weeks, and I was like, oh my God, my car is broken, because it just felt broken. It felt like Every single part of the car was not working properly. And the funny thing was, it was working okay. It wasn't working great. It was working okay. It's such a different world. And we really, really want you to help people experience it. And hey, I know that not all of you have an electric car out there. And I would really, really recommend that if you've been listening to us this whole time, and you clearly understand what's going on, that you get yourself in an electric car. And that here's the good news. I have some really good news. People who drive electric cars, by and large, are some of the nicest people in the world yep. right now. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be true in the future, okay? But something, something in the world has happened that, to, that we've gotten to this point mm -hmm. where the nicest people in the world are all driving electric cars. It's it true. is, I remember when I was a kid and my mom was telling me like, okay, if, if we get separated at the zoo today, look for a woman with a baby carriage or a dog and go to her. Don't go to anyone else unless it's a police officer. That was, that was what I was told because that was going to get me to safety. I'm going to put it out to you now. If you see someone in an electric car, they're really, really nice. They are a, a good person. I thought you were going to say if you get lost. If you get <laughs> lost, yeah. yeah. <laughs> find, find someone with an electric car. Right. Yeah. And I want to do a you know, shout out to Jack because I appreciate all the work you've done over the years to educate people on how they can convert cars to EVs and get solar and all that great stuff. And then to keep writing a fantastic blog post. I mean, you should go to his website. He's got blog posts on practically everything you could imagine to do with EVs. Really great stuff. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jack, for sharing this with us. And I think that your conspiracy is true.
Right. Um, I don't think you're a nut or a wacko. This is actually what's going on. We need to wake up to it. We need to make our government respond to what they should be doing because this is an outrage that we have an SEC that is allowing this to take place when we all know we look at the facts that that is what's happening and even beyond that we should have a government that is looking at climate change as the crisis right. that it truly is it is a climate crisis it is the biggest problem that we are facing as a global society at the moment and i don't think we've ever faced such an existential threat since the cold war right. i think that that was probably the first time that humanity was like oh, hey, you know what? All of us could die like tomorrow. And I think that today we are looking around and being like, you know what? We could all die slowly, one by one, basically, from the equator out. And just like, hmm. But not enough people believe it. Not enough people agree with that. And Well, it happens so slowly. It happens so slowly. And there's this, there's like, like a lot of money that just really, really doesn't want you to believe that. Exactly. Who will fund studies to basically lie to you. Yep. Um, and who will put out advertisements selling the very thing that will destroy us all. I don't know. It's, uh, it's almost like a conspiracy. It is. Thank you so much for joining us on this in depth. We'll see you next week. Now you know. know.